Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Well, howdy, tradies and business listeners. How are we this week? How you going, gang? Hello, Woz. How are you, Woz? I'm good. That's good. And we're joined today by Katrina, who is joining us for another Real Tradie Wives episode. Hi, Katrina. How are you? Hi, how are you? Really well, thank you. Katrina uh, recently put her hand up. I don't think she knows what she's put herself up for yet, but she recently put her hand up when I asked for some volunteers in another Facebook group, Tradie Wives, and was quite happy and comfortable until now to come on the show and give us a bit of her, her story. Katrina, can you tell us who you are, where you come from, and what it is that you do? Sure can. So uh, I'm located in Gippsland in Victoria. I am the wife of a glazier. Mm -hmm. I am a mum to a two-and-a-half-year-old and and six-month-old. I have my own virtual assistant business. I work part-time for another company who's based in Brisbane. And I also do a bit of freelance work and I'm studying my Bachelor of Behavioural Science. So I am a sucker for punishment. I reckon. Do you actually ever sleep? Intermittently. Intermittently, <laughs> I yeah. think. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm delusional or whether I do actually get sleep. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> it's not the first time I've heard that answer. It's just, just a state of brain fog or something. Mm. Yeah, it's a nice haze. It keeps me happy. <laughs> I think um, there's something to be said about giving a busy person a job. It's You just get it done because you know how to get stuff done. It's it's not a far reach once you're sort of reaching capacity to actually take on some more. You find a way to make it work. Do you find that's true for yourself? I do. I think that if you already have a set structure and you've got a list of things to do, once you add that extra thing, your brain just takes it on and mm. says, right, we'll prioritise this here. It's like my mum always said to me, She's I'm one of five children. Mm-hmm. She said, once you've had three, you could add another 10 and no one would know the difference. I absolutely Because agree. you're already going through the motions. Yeah. And I liken that to work as well. Yes. Once you've got a thousand things to do, one more is not going to hurt. It's so, so true. And then you just take on another one and another one and another one. And before you know it, you have what you've just described, which is this sounds to us like an enormous workload, but clearly you're balancing. Uh Yes. Yes. Did that sound positive? There's a very hesitation there, Katrina. <laughs> so tell us, Katrina, how you came to be the wife of a glazier. That was my uh, question. It is actually Sorry. a really, really interesting story. We've known each other since uh, he was 15 and I was 12. Wow. Um, I hated him <laughs> as a child. Perfect marriage. Agreed. And I did. I I ignored him and did everything in my power to stay away from him and he was quite ignorant of me as well and just through friends we kept seeing each other over the years lost contact for I suppose five or six years met up again started hanging out as mates and then all of a sudden he's like you want to get married I'm like okay (laughs) so it it was kind of like oh well this seems like the next appropriate step so and we've been married now it'll be 10 years on Australia Day next year. Wow, that's amazing. Well done. So, was, so, yeah. Was he a tradie when you finally yes. came to come together? Yes, and um, I didn't. I was working for another company, learning the bookwork and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I said to him, oh, you know, I can help you. It was the worst thing I ever did. <laughs> I looked at these piles of papers and I said, what's this? And so, this is our bookwork. Our bookwork. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, it was it was interesting. It was uh, like initiation by fire. So. Absolutely, I, and I think it's a really common story for most tradie wives. We kind of just fall into that position through a desire to help our tradies. For some of our tradies, you know, women do things very differently, and we like get out of sound really order and and a sense of structure. I suppose that that most tradies uh, get so overwhelmed and busy with that 
doesn't necessarily happen in their lives. And I don't know what it was like for you, but for me, on the beginning of my journey, there'd just be this pile of screwed up receipts at the end of the month. And here you are, babe, can you sort this out for me? That lasted one month. We <laughs> we had a system in place pretty quickly. But I think that's a really common tale and how we come to that position of wanting to put our hand up and help. What sort of... Um, processes did you put in place when you first started working with your tradie? Um, well, beginning, we were really, really basic. Everything was pen and paper. And then we moved to Excel. And only recently, it sounds terrible, having been uh, a business since 2002, we've only just gone back to a cloud-based accounting program. Mm-hmm. Everything was done by hand. Wow. And I said to him, I'm going to kill myself with this paper, I'm going to start eating it because I can't do it anymore. There's too much paper, there's too many spreadsheets. So we went to zero Mm -hmm. and I really want to fly to wherever those manufacturers are and give them a hug. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're Kiwis actually. Oh, bring them on. Like it's amazing. (laughs) I love it. And he's starting to, at first he was very like, oh, this is stupid. Why can't we just keep the same one? And then I said, ask me a question. What is the most important question that you have? And he said, when am I getting paid? Which is everybody's most Mm. important question. And I said, well, I'm going to show you a little thing on this program. I'm going to click two buttons and it's going to come up and it's going to show you when you're due to be paid. Mm. And he's like, no way. (laughs) I I like this program because there was no going through 10 spreadsheets, flicking through paper and going, oh, hang on, just let me check the calendar. So, yeah, he's really pumped by it now. That's great. I've just got to get him giving me receipts. Yeah, yeah. That's never going to happen, Katrina. <laughs> no. I can tell you no, that No, I just raise the car once a month. Yeah, yeah. We put a little app on um, the builder's phone called Receipt Bank. It's fantastic. He can just take a photo of the receipts as he gets mm. them. And before you know it, it's where I need it to be. It's perfect. Maybe check that one out. That might be a bit easier for you. I'm just picking up my pen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I use, I use Receipt Bank as well. Um, and... I had a background in finance and accounting and stuff um, and I use it to protect myself from myself because <laughs> I suck at keeping receipts. So the best thing I do is just take a photo, throw it in the bin Yeah, and uh, and it's good. That's what I need. I need that in my life because I don't – you get to a point when it's best time and you'll do the best and say, you know what, you owe this much money to the ATO this quarter. Yeah. And I get how – how have you claimed everything? <laughs> and I say, well, I've claimed what you've given me. Yes. Help. Yeah. Yep. And then about a week later, I get a big pile of receipts. I said, you know what? These are in the wrong quarter, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're getting there. So how do, how do you guys deal with some of those, um, I don't know, I wouldn't call them disagreements, Katrina, but maybe uh, robust conversations or, uh, you know, differences of opinion. How do you guys go about dealing with that? Oh, look, we box on like nobody's business. Um, <laughs> we're, we're real good mates, so we're quite comfortable telling each other the what for. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of difference of opinion. Other times we'll, we'll scream and yell and stomp our feet, but it's over very quickly. Yeah. We get it out there have our say, and then it's done. And normally it happens when I have to ask a question. <laughs> Just like, you know, I hate you, I hate you. Oh, excuse me, do we need to invoice this person? <laughs> <laughs> so it's over very quickly. Yeah, yeah, back to business. Yeah, sounds like yeah, my definitely. house. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. So so what about that? I mean, you've, you guys have been together for a long time and, um, you know, pretty much been in business from day one. How do you find the split between personal life and business life? Uh, because we don't, because he's a sole trader, we don't have a lot of split. We have, um, and we only have the mobile. So we all know that customers see a mobile number and think it's okay to call at four o'clock on a Sunday, mm-hmm. yep. which yep. if it's an emergency, I'm fine with that. But if you just want to quote, it's not cool. No. And so we kind of have to screen calls and things like that. But other than that, we can generally say, all right, we're not talking about work now. We're going to spend some time with the kids or we're going to go out and do something together. No work talk. Mm-hmm. We've just got to tell ourselves no work talk because mm. otherwise we just fall back into that habit. Oh, hey, did you order this? Did you pay that? 
and it's not really appropriate 11 o'clock at night when you're trying to go to bed. So, <laughs> but it's we, a common tale. It mm. is. And I know a lot of our friends who are in business together, they have the same thing. It's just like, oh, oh why are we still talking about this at this time of night? Mm. But you kind of can't help it. Mm. Mm. Do you each have something outside of the business that you do? Obviously, you have your own business as well, which is helpful. Yeah. Um, well, his name's Brad. Brad has his motorbike and mm-hmm. he'll go out and socialise and whatnot. And we live on 12 acres, so there's always something to potter with. So mm. he's quite happy to do that. And I'll just, you know, read, do some of my business or whatnot and try and escape for five minutes. Yeah, I find it's really helpful. Um, although we actually took our hobbies together, which I thought would be counterproductive when we first started it, but it turned out to be great because we learnt other things about each other. Um, so for us, it was he was football coaching and I would manage. So it's the same role that we had in our construction company anyway. But it worked really well because it gave us a connection with something outside of what we were doing. And, and customers aren't always the nicest people to deal with. And certainly in a building sense, it's such a long process. There's always going to be a point in time where they're disappointed with you or the process or something that's happened. So having this outside source of happy little people that wanted to be around us and appreciated what we did and parents who appreciate it was really actually quite beneficial for our relationship more so than our own self-worth because it was each of us seeing each other through somebody else's eyes, I suppose. That was really helpful for keeping our marriage um, a focus because, as you say, it's pretty quick to get lost in the everyday comings and goings of work, especially in a situation like yours where you do have that emergency element of work as well. It is, it's not just nine to five, you're finished, or tradie talk, six to three, and it's over. Um, it is ongoing, it is the weekends, it can disturb your time anytime. That becomes a real juggle to find that time for yourselves. How do you put it aside? You know, it's one thing to say that you make a commitment to one another not to talk about it when you're with your family, but it does very much creep into that. Is there something, you know, do you, we, this probably sounds a bit silly, we had a code word if one of us had start talking about work, because you do it subconsciously, you don't even realise. Is there some sort of thing or system or strategy that you've developed with your husband to stop talking about work if it does come up on the weekends? Um, I think we, we're basically just like, all right, that's enough now. Yeah when the other one's kind of had enough, it's, yep, okay, that's fine. Or we'll start the conversation with, I just want to ask one thing <laughs> and then I'll stop. And so that's the preemptive, like, all right, this is a work question. Let's get it over quickly. But nothing stops you talking about work when you're fighting with each other, trying to bring your boat into the berth that it's too big for. <laughs> you forget everything and all of a sudden you are only about each other and keeping the paint on the side of your boat. Yeah. <laughs> so we find that, yeah, if we're out doing something like that, work is the last thing for, of our minds and, you know, we just try and enjoy spending time getting out and about because you're right, sometimes customers can be very draining and mm-hmm. when you're trying to do their work every day of the week, you just want to have that moment to yourself where you can be like, okay, I'm enjoying you for you, not because mm. you're my admin, not because you're my tradie, but you're my partner, my wife, my mate. Yeah. So you want to do something together that doesn't revolve around work. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Go on. I was just going to ask about, you know, you've got two kids, um, 17 businesses and all that sort of stuff going on. How how do you uh, balance the, the kid time, Katrina? Obviously, that's been a big part of, of your role, I suspect, if, uh, if Brad's anything like most of us blokes. Uh, how have you managed I, that I side right, of things? He doesn't get get a cold because he doesn't get close enough to the children. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Why are you always sick?" Because I have them. But yeah. I think um, what I just a lot of the stuff I can do from home. Yeah. So I do a lot of work at night time or when they're having a sleep or whatnot. Or I have done Zoom calls with a little head sitting, you know, right at my shoulder, like, hi, hello, yes, okay, darling, <laughs> don't talk to the people now. <laughs> so it's, um, I just manoeuvre it and do it as best I can. Some days I have a really good support network. I've got, you know, my mum and my mother-in-law helps out as well and they have spent a couple of days in daycare. Mm-hmm. So I utilise that support network to say, right, yesterday I had a conference call 
and I had to get something done by a deadline. So we shipped everybody out to my mum's and my mum sat doing her book work at one table. I sat at another and the kids ran around and we took turns in Mm. dealing with them. And so it was kind of like a bit of a village moment going on. Yeah. Mm. I think that's something that's really underrated and perhaps a lot of us don't even have it is that support network that's required. So whether it be family that can help you out within your business or whether it's a support network, you actually have to pay to come in and to do the stuff. It really is an absolute must for couples running businesses together. Are there other areas in your business that you have support? Uh, we basically do everything ourselves. We have a, a small collection of semi-retired gents who come and help us out with labour on the odd occasion, mm-hmm. um, I do one day on site. So um, on other days when it's a, a day I have the kids at home or a day I've got to do my own work, um, we'll get one of these fellas to come in and give right a hand. So that's always good. They're always willing to jump in. Good. Um, gives them a bit of beer money. So <laughs> they're happy and it's not too many days. But, yeah, like we, we tend to do most of it ourselves and just try and, I don't know, structure it so we can fit everything in without it being too overwhelming. Sure. So on that, tell us, Katrina, how your role has changed and evolved uh, during your time in the business. Well, I suppose when I first started, Brad was operating a while before me. I come on board in about 2007 Mm -hmm. and I hadn't done, known much about business. I only knew what I was learning through my traineeship Mm -hmm. and, um, So it was a real learning curve to, like, I started saying, hey, look, let me write this invoice out for you because I've got, like, need a handwriting or would you like me to post that or go pick up that check? And it started doing, like, odd things that I could be left alone and trusted with to now um, basically I do the bookwork, the bass. I can quote now. I send uh Right out to different jobs. I organise these run day for uh, bigger jobs. I liaise with clients. So basically everything an office manager would do, that's mm-hmm. what I do now. Mm-hmm. So it started very small and somehow <laughs> it has escalated. As it always does. Do you, do, you think that's be- a- do you think that's because in part because of who you are, Katrina? I think so too. I think I have a tendency to just absorb tasks. And sometimes it can be a benefit, but a lot of times I think it can be a fault because mm. it's it's like, oh, don't worry, I'll do it. Mm. Let me help you. Mm. And I find that sometimes it can be detrimental to my own well-being mm. because I sit there and think, oh, gosh, what have I done? Mm. Why am I doing this? But then again, the benefits that we reap from it is worth it in the end. So... So I had a couple of questions around that. One was, um, was it hard for Brad to let go of those tasks? Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he's, um, he's a doer. He's not a, a sitter and doing paperwork. Yeah. Um, he likes to quote when we quote together because, well, I'll do the sums. He'll sit beside me and then we'll fire off prices and organize things and things like that. But he doesn't like sitting down. And doing a quote, he doesn't like doing invoices or anything like that. Paperwork is just not his thing. He would rather be out sweating it out on site than mm. doing paperwork. Mm. It's interesting because so, I think that's a fairly common scenario for a lot of tradie men is they don't like sitting down at the computer. They don't like doing the paperwork, but they also struggle to let go of the crap way that they're currently doing it, even though it's suboptimal, to then hand that over to somebody else. There's almost this fear that yeah, but the way I do it is the way I know and I know that it's being done that way. So to give it to you, it's like I don't know if you know what you're doing. I just wondered if, uh, you know, there was still a bit of that element to um, it. Only if we're arguing. <laughs> it, it's only used as, as a weapon. It's never an actual thing. Yep. So it'll be I'll say something along the lines of, you know, if it wasn't for me, and then the retort is, you know, I was running fine without you. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's a it's a common thing. We hear a lot of our friends have the same argument. Like, you know, yeah. I don't need you. Yes, you do. You'll yes. go, you'll, you'll starve to death without me. No, you'll starve to death without me. So yeah. it's, we do have those arguments, but they're only arguments. I don't think there's any merit 
to it, he's quite happy for me to just, you know what, you do it. I don't want to look at it. Mm. Just tell me I'm getting money coming in and that the bills are paid and that's all I care about. Mm. Yep. So does it take uh, a particular type of partner to be a tradie wife and, and do the sort of stuff that you do and so many tradie wives do? I honestly don't think so. I think it's, I think if you have the confidence in each other to, to be able to trust that they can handle that part of your business, then it shouldn't matter what type of person you are. You obviously have to be organized and structured, mm-hmm. but I think it's based more around trust and respect mm-hmm. because if you don't trust and respect each other, then there's no point working together. Totally agree. Okay. So, so how do you keep that going, Katrina? Um, we drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all honesty, we, we're, we're very open with each other. If, if something's going wrong, then there's a discussion. It may not end well and mm. it may escalate into a blue, but there's always discussion. We're always talking about the ins and outs of everything, sometimes to the point of procrastination, but we still discuss everything mm. except purchasing of tractors and things like that. <laughs> they, for some reason, they don't get discussed. They just turn up. Tools, yes. are, tools are always necessary, Katrina. You should know that by now. Such a boy thing to what say. What glazier needs a tractor? <laughs> You're on 12 acres. You need a tractor. I know. Uh, apparently. Um, so, yeah, but we do. We discuss absolutely everything and even to the point it's like, do we have any money coming in this week? My first question is not to answer it. My first question is what are you buying? Yes. Like, oh, no, no, I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we, um, we do, we, we make sure that we're both on top of everything and we're both aware of what's going on. So then it comes down to we've got each other's back. No mm. one misses anything. We still do miss the odd thing. Sure. But, you know, we, we try and keep that on track so we can have that trust and, and continued respect, I suppose. Mm. One of the things um, my tradie and I really struggled with in the beginning, so he'd been a builder for a good 20 almost 20 years by the time I came on the scene. So he was very um, firm, structured, not structured at all, but firm in the way he did things. And if I were to approach what I saw to be a potential issue, he took that quite personally and that became a real difficult point for us in the first two years of business. It became he felt personally attacked, I suppose, Um is something he can articulate now he couldn't at the time is that something that you found with your tradie if you found there to be an issue or something you needed to talk about in the early days of the business did it take you did you have to find a way to approach those subjects I suppose oh yeah and definitely because especially coming into the business and not knowing the industry yeah learning the industry you're just the bird in the skirt Mm -hmm. really when it comes down to talking tech so having to learn things and I always try to research it first so I can say, no, but I I do kind of know where you're coming from Mm. and it always helps to have that evidence and that information as ammunition because it was. It was like, who's the glazier here? Yeah. And I'm like, I get that. And I think I was a little bit overzealous at the start. I really wanted to help and, you know, oh, let's, let's grow. Let's be wonderful together and I can help you and, I think it was more of a Mr. Magoo situation. Mm. I was just coming on in and going, yes, let's do this. And he's like, hold up, little sister. Like, we don't do that. We don't offer that product. And I'm like, we do now, but <laughs> we don't anymore. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. do not anymore. So, yeah, it's um, it was a big learning curve for me to kind of pull back and learn that I don't know a lot about what he does. Yeah. And he is the experienced one and I should take his lead mm. and that, what I see as an issue may not actually be an issue. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was hard for me to, to come at him and say, look, I think this is wrong because it'd be exactly the same. You tell me what you know to prove that you know what's wrong. Mm. And that's where my downfall was. I was kind of like, well, I, I just think it's wrong. Yeah. I don't know why, but I just think. <laughs> yeah. It's, Woman's it's like, intuition. Well, no. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think that has a lot of place in that discussion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, when it gets technical yeah, so yeah um yeah i think that that's that was something i had to learn myself mm. to, to pull back a little bit and just kind of take a bit of direction instead of trying to give it all the time 
It leads into that trust you're talking about too, trusting one another in our roles and what we do know about what we do. Um, And I was exactly the same as you. I thought I knew more and on some things I did, but for the most part, I didn't. Um, He knew what he was doing. He'd always done it. He did it well. And it was very much a self-reflection for me. And I think that that becomes, that can actually be quite difficult, particularly in those early years within a business and being in a relationship, it's really easy for Was and I in business because we get to take time away. It's not personal. Sure, we're great mates, but we can have that reflection time. But when you live together and you work together, you don't actually get that reflection time. It does everything you say is a little bit personal whether you want it to be or not. I think that's right. I think um, after a long day, you've, you've been in each other's space Um you might not have gone fast enough out on site or, you know, something might have gone wrong or um, I know there's been times that I've done something monumentally wrong and in the ordering process. And so there's already that kind of um, disgruntlement in the day and then you get home and you're tired and something minor goes wrong and all of a sudden it's you're just so angry with each other so you've mm. got to pull back and think, no, this is not us. Mm. We don't need to do this. Yeah, We just yep. calm down. So a lot of the time it's like, you know what, you go out, you go do your thing, I'm just going to do Katrina things. Mm. And so then we have that moment alone to regroup. Mm. And that's, uh, I think Coxie was sort of talking around that before was having self-time and you've brought that up again, Katrina. Is it... Do you do that consciously? Do you plan your your self-time or does it just happen spontaneously? Um, Well, yeah, I like to see Brad leave the house. <laughs> Get out of the house! Yeah, and he's quite happy. Like, he's happy to go and have a few beers with mates at the pub and that's his thing. Mm. And I actually just get joy from doing the monotonous things, just walking around the house, picking things up and start putting structure back into the house. <laughs> it's like a bomb. If we had got robbed, they would come in and think, oh, this place has already been done over. Yeah. And they so I just I get joy in just zoning out and just walking through and doing those things. So mm. I can regroup, I can think about nothing, just do boring things. He can socialise, get all his stress out of the system. Then when we regroup to have dinner, everything's fine again. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's um it's interesting to see people that are almost against time apart that that, you know, feel like, well, why do you want to be away from me? You know? Uh, and yet I think it's actually a, a part of a healthy relationship is having that that time as a man to go do man things and as a woman to go do woman things. And in 2019, that's probably a, a you know an inflammatory kind of a statement in some sense when you look at what's going on in social media and in society. But it, it seems to be part of a recipe for success in so many partnerships mm. is, is just recognizing that we are different. We do need our own space at times. Um, and that's actually part of a healthy partnership mm. so uh i i suppose you know looking at the working with a tradie um what do you is there anything you wish tradie men did better or did more of or did differently you know what no no because it's what makes them them <laughs> like Brad gives me the shits day in, day out, and I do the same to him. But he wouldn't be him if he was this organised, structured, paperwork-toting man. Like, it just – it wouldn't be right. Yeah. It, it wouldn't gel with the way we roll. He is, he's spontaneous and he's always happy and he's jovial. I'm the one that gets cranky and needs to know when and where we're going and why, how long we're going for. So <laughs> I think if, if he could do anything better, it would – I honestly can't say that he needs to do anything better or different. Maybe pick up his damn socks. But other than that, (laughs) I don't see him needing to change as a tradie or I think he does a really good job. Um, He can be short with difficult customers, but he realises that in himself and he puts himself up before he gets there and says, look, I'm just going to pass you on to our office. Yeah. (laughs) He knows that that time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and I'll get a phone call saying, you know, um, your fella on site has asked me to give the office a call. And I'm like, he did, did he? So <laughs> I think that no, did he a thing knows tonight. and 
Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Like, what has gone on here? Yeah. But I think that, yeah, there's nothing that I would say he ultimately needs to change or do differently because he just, he wouldn't be him and it wouldn't be as fun or as interesting. Hmm. That's fantastic uh, to hear, Katrina. Mm. And, uh, and, I mean, you guys sound like you're reasonably young. Anyone younger than me is young. Yes. Uh, Very young. <laughs> which is a lot of people. <laughs> but um, the, we, we've spoken to quite a few younger couples mm. uh, in trade businesses that, you know, for the most part seem to be doing very, very well. Um, what's, what's the trajectory of your business? And, you know, what are you guys sort of looking at for the next 10 years? Well, I think we're, we're quite often up and down. Um, one week we're as poor as church mouse, the next week we're talking, you know, let's buy a tractor. No, let's not buy a tractor. <laughs> let's get another boat. So, yeah, no, 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 no more boats. <laughs> we've had that discussion. No more. But I think we've just recently, we've moved out of our, our rental factory, which was a, a really dark little old cool store. Um, we're all made out of timber and it had no proper lighting. It had no water or anything like that. And anything bigger than, say, two metres we had to build out in the car park because wow. it was it wouldn't fit through the door. Mm. It would be, be able to built in there, but we couldn't get it out. Yep. Wow. So um, we've now built a new workshop at home. Great. And it is the biggest monstrosity that I, I look at it some days <laughs> and I stand there thinking, you better make me money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're sitting in it but, now. Um, the, that's where you're I sitting now. Yeah, it's a very, very I'm shiny new looking shiny. shed. It is. It is. We're moving in and um, it's a, what is it? It's 24 by 12. Wow. And it's, it's quite big. That's so a man I'm, shed. That is a man it's a, shed. It's a man shed. It started off being a lot smaller than that on the original plan. <laughs> I bet it did. <laughs> and each time I looked at it, I'm like, I think there's another bay on this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've, we've established that now. We've, we've got, the, got the sign up and hopefully we can start utilising home more often and, you know, spend more time at home so there's less travel because mm. we're travelling back and forth and have a base where we can start to build a little bit more, up our local work some more, mm. pick up some more contracts. We've got the space now that we can actually look at purchasing our own manufacturing material, uh, manufacturing saws and, and drills and things like that, punches, so it's not a matter of having to outsource so much. And I think that that may help us grow as well. So there's a lot of benefits that you've just described. Have you actually thought about any of the possible challenges that might, may arise from having a uh, business based at home? Um, definitely. We, um, we're lucky that it's in the paddock and it's separated by a lovely big row of cypress. Lovely. So Brad's able to come and go without anyone at the house seeing him. Mm. So it's almost still, even though it's at home, it's still very separate. Mm. That's great. That will be so beneficial. Yeah, very important. It is. It's it's really good. And like it's helped a lot so far with things like deliveries. Mm. If I'm working from home, I just get a text saying, oh, you know, make sure you keep an ear out the delivery's coming or can you go open up the shed the delivery's coming. Yep. So it's, I think so far it's been more beneficial. Great. Than, than not, but ultimately there's been a lot of investment. Mm. So we obviously have to work at getting that back before we can start growing. Sure. So it's a process. We'll see how we go. Mm, absolutely. And sometimes you've got to throw your hat in the ring and just see where you end up. But it sounds – That's right. Just talking to you today, I feel there was a pretty firm plan behind such a big investment. I feel quite confident that you guys had a lot of conversations about where this might lead and what the potential growth was. Um, so I think a sound investment, at least from the outside, looking in. I, I think so too, and if not, it's going to be a very, very pretty hay shed. <laughs> so, you could fit a lot of tractors in there. Yeah, no, no. no Someone mentioned hot rods the other day, oh, and I'm oh, like, yeah. no, I'll, I'll burn it down. No, <laughs> no hot rods. It's amazing uh, in my travels, um, you know, with some of the, the clients we do work with one-on-one, how many, you know, business sheds I see that have uh, man toys in mm. them, and it's like... You just built a bigger shed for your toys, <laughs> not for your business. <laughs> That's right. Well, I think um, it, we used to look at, you know, other sheds that you know, we saw around the area and there was a lot of shed envy. But now there's um, we have um, people come here and there's definite shed envy being <laughs> now. And 
there's been a lot of suggestion on what we should put in it and none of it has really been work-related. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Yep. I have to be like, shush, go home now. Yeah. Go home. Don't live here. <laughs> so um, study, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, you, you didn't have enough to do with two kids, uh, a tradie husband, uh, business, um, and a business of your own and study as well. What did you say you were studying? Uh, a Bachelor of Behavioural Science. What's What was behind the decision to do that? Were you drunk uh, again? I started or? doing it. No, no. Unfortunately, I was sober. That's probably why I thought it would be a good idea. Yeah. Uh, when I'm drunk, I tend not to do silly things. I just sit there and just smile. But um, I started it in 2012 because ultimately it's where I do want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to be a psychologist. And I started – when I was younger, I got quite ill in the um, – the VCE years, so I had to stay down and it really damaged my chances of doing anything further. So I kind of lost motivation and, mm. you know, dotted between jobs and things like that. And then I decided in 2012 with Brad's support to jump back in and give it another crack. So I've been doing it part-time. I actually just finished it in February. Wow. So I'll be graduating later on in the year. And, Congratulations. Um, Oh, thank you. And I'm, I'm on to the next step, which is um, doing the honours year and wow. then looking forward to the masters. So wow. hopefully we get there. It's um, The kids came along towards the end of it. So it was um, I had a bit of a structure in place, but um, being, you know, pregnant and trying to, to study, mm. you, you know, your brain goes to mess. Absolutely. And I don't even know what I'm reading anymore, but <laughs> we managed to get through it and um, and it's it's been quite good. It's been a learning curve for myself. Mm. So um, just to learn more about probably wellness and um, prioritising compartmentalisation, all of those things that can be skills that can be transferable to business. Mm. So it has been beneficial in a way, mm. although I have been accused of studying husband <laughs> <laughs> he's a case study so yeah i've been told don't analyze me i said i'm not i'm just telling you what's happening don't do it <laughs> <laughs> i'm helping you so, yeah I, I did try saying that but it, i got i don't need your help and no. probably a list of profanities after that so <laughs> i just decided to try and leave it alone <laughs> Do you, is that something, there's an interest there that you just spoke about and learning what you now know um, with your psychology, I think that there'd be a great sort of segue into business owners and helping business owners understand each other, themselves, other people and how to, um, I guess, have that emotional intelligence within the workplace and what they're doing. Is that, has any of that become an interest as you've done that? Do you know what you'd like to do with your degree? Um, it's been really beneficial uh, in my other roles. Big pardon. That's all right. Um, <laughs> something just popped up on the screen. I think someone's trying to ring me. Um, what it did is it's given me a real insight into the workings of other people when mm. it comes to marketing, uh, selling, things like that. So, And also, funnily enough, debt collecting. Yes. Um, yep. Knowing trigger words and um, appealing to people's, not their sense of decency, because when people can't or won't pay, that decency is kind of gone. Yeah. So it's appealing to other things that more so their ego that tends to kind of get them over the line and mm. things like that. So um, that's been really beneficial, although I want to focus on treating uh, neglected and traumatised children under six. Wow. Yes. That would so, be um, incredibly rewarding but also very draining. Mm. I think so too. And um, the, the main idea behind it is that when a child goes to school, it's a big leap for them anyway. Mm. And if a child doesn't have that, that love and ability to trust, mm. then they're not going to learn and develop appropriately in school. Mm. So that was the, the thought behind let's get them – trusting and loving again before and not fixing a broken child but it but healing mm. so then they can make those appropriate developmental milestones when they do hit school yes but you're right it will be very very draining and mm. I think that having that support at home 
in Bradwell, I can just say, you know what, let's let's do something stupid. Let's go do something, you yeah. know, mind-numbingly, mm. you know, boring or, or just fun yeah. that I could step away from that. Yeah, so. very much. Yeah, yeah. Was there something personal behind uh, choosing that focus area, Katrina? Um, no, I've always just thought that um, there needs to be more support for children. Like everyone talks about, there's a lot of youth services around and there's a mm. lot of talk about, you know, we've got to get our youth off the streets. But a lot of people don't talk about how those youths become those delinquents or become and why they're not coping in school. Mm. And I know that Brad hated school as as a youngster and didn't ever want to go. And I said to him, why? And he goes, because it was stupid. Like it's mm. it's not where a boy really wants to be half the time. Mm. And so I thought if there's already that challenge of keeping a, a fully functioning and um, emotionally stable child engaged, how hard is it going to be for a child who doesn't have those competencies already? Oh, yeah. So that was where I started looking into it. And plus no child needs to grow up being that that damaged. Mm, agreed. So that yeah. was kind of where the thought came from. Mm. Well, it's uh, it's certainly a, an area of need and, um, you know, talk about interrupting patterns and cycles. It's a fantastic place to, uh, to be looking at it. So um, well done and, uh, mm. yeah. No doubt you'll Thank put you. all of your organisation and uh, structure and everything into making that a success as well, Katrina, by the sounds of it. Hopefully, hopefully. But I think the best part about it is that with the kids, you can sit on the floor <laughs> and you can play. Yeah, yeah. And there's colours. Like, there's, there's no spreadsheets and invoices. That's and... right. That's exactly right. It is. It is structured play and it's going to be amazing. Yes. So how's Brad going to replace you in the business? Good question. I don't know. <laughs> That's Brad's problem. <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't actually talked about that. Um, that's kind of one of those elephants that's not in the room. It's actually been forced into a cupboard and just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is at threat of exploding because we just haven't talked about it and we're kind of ignoring it. Yeah, I understand. Oh. Which is so good for business, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're just definitely ignoring it right now. Yeah, We've got yeah. a number of years. It it will be another, you know, yeah. six years before that's even a possibility. Sure. So yep. When it gets closer, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> you can open the door and let the elephant fall out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Surprise! Drag that baby out and start dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. Guess what? I'm leaving tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> So I have a question I like to ask all of our guests, and I think it's it's um, I've been getting some interesting answers in our our real tradie wives uh, interviews and and our real tradie stories. Is if you had a thousand tradie couples, let's go with, uh, or a thousand tradie wives in a room, what's one piece of advice you'd love to leave them with, Katrina? It's always a big Don't question. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, you heard just, it here, listeners. Just your your husband is going to annoy you and he's going to disturb you in so many ways, but you don't know what has happened to him during the day. And yes. I'm I'm really really um, guilty of doing this myself, especially if I I think you know what your problem seriously couldn't be as bad as mine today. Yeah, mm. and I don't think well you know what losing a tool that you use every single day. And you have to drive two hours away to replace. That might be just a little bit more important than, you know, the kids spilling yogurt on one of my pieces of paper. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. Don't don't jump to tearing their throat out. Try to see it from their point of view because I have to tell myself this all the time. Because yes, I can be bitchy and I can be grumpy and and for no reason sometimes. So I think that that's what I would say. Just don't be a bitch. I like that. That's. I think that's the best advice we've ever had. And I'm bowing out of this conversation <laughs> right there. <laughs> Look, I've got one question that I find um, stumps tradie wives, and it's a question that we're asked, I think you're also asked, was frequently by our clients. Women in tradie businesses tend to find it really difficult to define who they are or what their role is. So I'd love to know, do you have a title for your job? Um, no. Mm. It's I really don't. common. 
No, um, I think it's depending on who we're dealing with and um, I think that when Brad goes out on site, he likes to keep it that he's he's the labourer yep. because then he doesn't, especially with a lot of contracts that we do, we do some insurance work and we work for some bigger builders, so we don't get to make a lot of decisions. Sure. And it's easier for him to say, I'm I'm just a worker. You yeah, have to call yeah. the boss. I understand. So I'm either called the boss or the office, I think. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> that's what. The boffus. So, yeah, I don't really have a title. I'm more of a thing. <laughs> I'm the, the office. You're the scary, the scary ogre that gets brought in to solve the big problems. Apparently, but um, I, I get the whole, I can't believe you just said that to them. How do you get away with it? And I said, it's not what you say. Yes. It's how you say it. Mm -hmm. So you can be absolutely ruthless, but as long as you're saying it in an appropriate and respectful manner, Mm -hmm. it's it's received completely differently. Mm. And he said, that is why they call you because I could not say that. (laughs) And I'm like, it just, it's practice. It is practice. I also think the, the, um, the male, female aspect of that, does work as well you know like women can ask for things or or assert things that us guys just it wouldn't matter how lovingly and compassionately we said it it's coming from a man so it's Mm. like it's it's a threat or it's confrontation like it's really hard for a lot of guys to work around that whereas you know it's it's fantastic to be able to defer some of those things to a female partner because, um, you know, the women are just better. You're better communicators, you know, that just the energy is different. There's there's just a different outcome so often with those sort of things. So, mm. you know, it's why these partnerships uh, I, work. I really agree. And I think that if, if you use the example of saying you look fabulous today, if a, a woman says it, it's, oh, thanks, babe. That's really lovely. Mm. Oh, thank you. I've oh, got a nice lady. Mm. Or if a man says it, oh, Yes. Oh, so is he married? What is this yeah. man? Why is he saying this to me? <laughs> so, and it's just, I think it's an evolutionary thing where mm. we look at it as, you know, we don't see it for what it is, which is just a compliment. We look at it as like, oh, what is the, the meaning behind all this? So yes. mm. I think you're right when a woman can communicate things and say a lot more mm-hmm. in a lot more ways and be received less threateningly and with less motive yes. than a man. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Which is, there's probably a dozen feminists or, or people who are 100% have just rolled over and died at what I've said. But <laughs> I think that if we just look at it at an evolutionary basis, I yes. think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, there's a reason we're different and we work so well together. Mm. Uh, and I just, I feel like the more people embrace that, um, the better things are. So uh, I'm with I you. I 100% agree. Agree. Cool. Well, now that we all agree with each other... Uh, <laughs> Isn't that lovely? <laughs> you and I never agree, and somehow we've come to a point of agreement yeah, I today. Know, I know, that's good. Thanks for helping us out, Katrina. <laughs> yeah. Would you like me to send you my yeah. invoice? Yes, yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Five you can send it to Laurie That's exactly right. I like that handle. That was nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, I would, I would literally go to jail if I tried to invoice you. So, <laughs> <laughs> That was very much we can't have for that. anybody who may be listening. Yes. We can't have that. Big disclaimer statement. So, Absolutely. Uh, That's exactly right. If, um, if our listeners would like to go stalk you in either of your businesses, Katrina, here's your chance to, uh, to share your handles or your websites or something. Where do they go to, to find out more about yeah, you Yeah, sure. That'd be fabulous. So they can find uh, Brad at Bunyip Glass. So on Facebook, it's Bunyip Glass or www.bunyipglass.com or they can send him an email if they want anything at bunyipglass at bigpond.com and me, they can find me on Insta and Facebook under Hamilton Consulting Group, Oz, which is A-U-S and they can shoot me an email at katrina at hamiltonconsultinggroup.com.au Awesome. Awesome. Now, I'm going to assume Brad doesn't look like a bunyip um, (laughs) and that's not how you came up with the name. I know we live in Bunyip, right? But he does. He is probably I would say about uh, five eight. He has a blonde mullet and a big, <laughs> big red beard, <laughs> and he's very broad of shoulder. So 
Okay, I'd say more so bush ranger. Bush ranger. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the right spot for it, really, aren't you? We are, we yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome stuff. Well, it's been great uh, it's been a pleasure. chatting Thank to you. you, Katrina, for another of our Real Tradie Wives interviews. Um, yeah, it's been a fantastic chat, and uh, thanks for the therapy session. That was good. <laughs> no, I really appreciate you guys having me. It was great. Thank you. Awesome. Have a great day. You too, thanks. So there you go. Um, 17 businesses, two kids, <laughs> and a Brad, a Bunyip. I didn't realize that uh, there was a town called Bunyip. So, I didn't either. Yeah, and a psychology degree. Well, uh, uh, yeah, I think she's just graduated. So. Yeah, finished the degree. That's Far amazing. Out. I don't know. Maybe Katrina drinks a lot of coffee or something. but <laughs> I don't know. She's got more energy than I've got, I'm sure. But, yeah, fascinating chat and some really good knowledge bombs in there too. Mm. Like uh, there's some young tradie couples just crushing it. Absolutely. It's, it's fantastic to see. I'm, I'm really stoked to see, you know, young tradie couples or husbands and wives working together so well. Um, and like she said, you know, they have a good blue. I'd, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in some of their <laughs> ding-dongs, hey. That would <laughs> make for some interesting listening. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, fantastic interview. Thanks again to Katrina for that one um, and to Brad for, you know, letting her talk about him. I think. Sorry, Brad, but I think you should be really impressed, Brad. Yeah. He's he's got a he wants to hang on to Katrina. Oh, I think so. <laughs> anyway, if you want um, any more info on that episode or anything else that Coxie and I do um, to prevent tradie business fails, uh, which is our mission here, um, probably head over to the website. It's the best place, tradiesinbusiness.com.au. You can find all sorts of free stuff there. There's downloads and templates. Um, most of the podcast episodes are there with show notes and links to our guests. And uh, you can also find out more about the other stuff that we do. Um, if you want to pony up some cash and uh, and get super serious about your trade business, you can find out more about how Coxie and I work with Tradies in Business at tradiesinbusiness.com.au. There's the ad roll. <laughs> <laughs> our, our marketing person said, don't do that, and I, know, I just did and it. And you just went in there anyway. Because oh, I just I get so excited about the opportunity to work with people. So. I understand. And a lot of people don't know that we actually work with tradies one-on-one or you know through our, our membership site. So um, you know we seem to be a little quiet about that. But, I think we're uh, a bit shy. Yeah. But we do, uh, Coxie and I have clients. We do. And, uh, <laughs> we, do this, we do this for money too. We do. Um, but yeah, we do work directly with tradies. So, you know, if, if you want to have a chat to us um, and just find out, you know, whether or not that might be something that works for you, then again, just hit us up, messages via the Facebook or the website. And um, we're always up for a yarn, as you can tell, especially me. Talk under wet cement. Yep. Okay. I'll shut up now. <laughs> Very. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.